Welcome to the Gospel According to with Ryan and Mike, a conversation designed to explore what makes the gospel good news in various books and topics of the Bible. Hey, everybody. So Mike is feeling better this week, and we are back into Isaiah chapter 42. So as we ended chapter 41, there was a quagmire that the Gentiles were going to face. The Gentiles had been brought before God, the creator of heaven and earth, the ruler of heaven and earth. And all of the idols of the Gentiles have been judged as nothing. Chapter 41 then ends with the question, Who will the Gentiles then turn to for counsel? Who will they go to for wisdom? Chapter 41 ends with the trouble. It ends with question. And then we get to 42. What's the solution here, Mike? Yeah, that's a perfect setup because we we step into chapter 42 and we see one of the first visions of this servant, right? The, 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 The image of the servant is an important image in this section of Isaiah. And um, maybe I'll, let me just say a few things up front about that, because most of us, many of us listening are going to be trained to sort of hear Jesus into that servant image and rightly so. Um, but I want to say, don't be too quick to read Jesus into this, but let's let these visions sort of hold their space and, and form our imaginations um, because we don't want to inadvertently bring things into this text and see things that aren't there. And we also don't want to miss things that are there. Right. So, so um, that, that's just a, maybe a little bit disclaimer. And even in that, there's some, I'd say intentional ambiguity um, that's, that's identified by the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts eight. Who's he speaking of himself, Uh, the people, the Messiah, right. And, And the servant image, has a fluidity to it, right? Where clearly in chapter 41, it's a, it's a picture of Israel, the the people of God, the servant of God. Um, And yet um, there are these, these visions that come forward where it's more than Israel. It's this not servant nation, but this exemplary leader who is the representative of Israel. Um, And as we'll see here, fulfilling Israel's his mission. So we want to let that the, the sort of text work like it is and, and embrace that ambiguity a little bit. And, and again, um, let it flow through us. So anyway, that, that preface aside. Um, so you're saying this is not Jesus. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> Ryan, come on, man. You're saying that you're an idolater. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not following here. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I understand what you're getting at. Um, the first time I taught through Isaiah a few years ago, there is obviously this question that you have to wrestle with as you go through Isaiah 40 through 55, and yeah. who is the servant? Who is who the, is servant? the yeah. servant? And as, as I said in my recording last week on Isaiah 41. It, there is one who will be arisen from the East. Mm-hmm. Well, he could have just come out and said Cyrus, mm-hmm. but Isaiah is, I think the key word that you use there is being strategically ambiguous Yeah, to let the whole image frame what's going to come. Yeah. Absolutely. So if we even talk about this idea of the servant, chapter 41, verse eight, Israel, both the person and the nation mm-hmm. are the servant. Yeah. And then you have this king figure in chapter 41 who's going to arise. 
we know from Jesus's quotations in the New Testament that this indeed is going to be Jesus, Mm -hmm. but we need to really just simmer with the image for a moment that this is a king, this is a person, this is a ruler, but this is also a nation. Mm-hmm. For those of you who studied atonement theology with me, recapitulation should be shouting in your minds here. Yeah. Uh, this is a representative of the people who is going to come. So, and, uh, Well, and, and let me ahead, add to that. You know, and, and this goes back to some of the things we discussed in our Revelation study, um, getting a little beyond that sort of one-to-one correlation predictive prophecy where, oh, Isaiah 42, one through four is just a prediction of Jesus who will be fulfilled this way, but more again, casting a vision for this servant who's going to f- fulfill this role, fulfill this mission and and realizing he's filling this vision out on multiple levels, right? Yes. And, and so it's, it's more than just simply a, a prediction to be fulfilled. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Uh, outline I mean, yeah. this chapter for me. I think your yeah. overall understanding of this chapter has helped me out. So take us through this whole chapter. Yeah. So, um, you know, just looking at it kind of paragraph by paragraph, the first four verses um, paint a, a picture of the servant and describe his mission. As we'll see, his mission is to bring justice to the nations, which is why, again, your setup was perfect for this. In verses five through nine, we're seeing the mission of God's servant Israel and what they were to be doing from the beginning. Now the servant leader, this exemplary servant leader is, is stepping in and fulfilling that, that vision for them, that, that mission for them. And then in verse 10, we sort of step back and look ahead and see this future praise from the nations, right? The nations are now being brought into the praise of Yahweh. And then verses 14 through 16, we're going to see this declarative statement that God will in fact act for the nations. He's going to be at work. But before we see what that is in verses 17 through 25, he he explores and, and unpacks the current state of the nations blindness, right? And that's a, that's a kind of key image in this in this these few chapters of of Isaiah where people in their idolatry and where it led them is just described as this as this blindness but then the very first w- phrase of chapter 43 and verse 1 but now mm. and and so it's like and I know before. yeah yeah exactly um so so and, and that's that's where we see okay God is now acting for them uh, the one who's going to redeem and do all this amazing stuff. So, and we'll get to that later, but that's the, that's the basic flow. The, the, the mission of the servant leader fulfilling the mission that God originally gave to Israel. And that's opening up praise from the nations because God's going to act on their behalf to lead them from blindness to sight as he takes them from their idolatry to true worship. Well said. Beautifully said. So let me let, let's go back through each of these sections. So one through four, this is all about the servant's mission. Now yeah. you went ahead and answered this question for us. What yeah. is the what is the servant's central mission here in Isaiah 42? It says justice for the nation. So let's let's hear that. We we recorded the reading before, but let's hear this again. Here is my servant who I support, my chosen one in whom I take pleasure. 
I've put my spirit upon him, right? And so again, that's conjuring up, and it should, images of Jesus' baptism, right? The spirit coming upon this servant, but to do what? What but is also his David's mission? Anointing. But David's lot, anointing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but the spirit is now upon this servant to bring justice to the nation, bring mishpat to all the nations, right? Um, and then describes his character, right? He's not the the way he does this is is what we'd say is meekness, right? He's not going to cry out or shout. He won't hear his voice in the streets. Um, he's not just the bull in the china shop um, snapping the reed that's broken off, um, snuffing out that wick that's that's on its way out. But there's a gentleness in his nature and in his character, um, and he himself will not experience being crushed, being taken out until he's accomplished his mission. And so three times in this short paragraph, he will bring justice justice to the nations, verse one. He will bring forth justice according to truth in verse three, until he's established justice on the earth, verse four. And the coastlands, these nations will wait for his Torah, Beautiful. his teaching. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and, and even that, I, I just, I love that picture because you know it, it's maybe maybe come from from a, a frame of mind that hears law and has these sort of negative connotations just from from wrong ideas of of reading Paul, but the Torah, right? That's that's the teaching, that's the instruction, that's that's the life giving wisdom of God, and the vision now is not just Israel seeking it, searching for it, wanting to know it. But all the nations wanting to know God, wanting to know his will, wanting to wanting that flourishing that comes from walking in his way. Um, and all that's tied up in the work of this servant and what he'll accomplish to to make that happen. Yeah. Only thing I have to add to that, Mike, is I guess first of all, a comment. What you just said about the Torah, I hope everybody at Manslick goes now, well duh, rather than I've never heard this before. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. so glad to hear you say this. Um yeah. a, a true understanding of Torah. And you know, back in Isaiah 117, a key verse that we've sung, mm. seek justice, relieve the oppressed, defend orphans, plead for the widow. You know, this is the call of God to his people that yeah. now the servant who is the representative of the people is not taking upon himself. And, mm-hmm. and and again, I do think it's important, as you said, to not just jump forward to see, oh, this is Jesus. No, yeah. this is a representative king, but this is also Israel doing what Israel was supposed to do for the nations, bringing Absolutely. justice to the nations. This servant is now taking this divine mission upon himself. And, so and then it's as we reciprocal. go down, go ahead, you first. No, I was going to say, it, and it's reciprocal, right? Because filling up with this vision helps us understand what Jesus says when he comes along and says something like, I came to preach the kingdom of God. Well, what is that? It's what we're reading here in Isaiah, for example, right? This justice to the nations and that that happens when God is worshiped, when God's reign as king is is acknowledged. Well said. So then as we move down to five to nine, we then have the servant's more explicit connection with Israel. Take us through key points of this text. Yeah. Um, Maybe, maybe just uh, for, for our timing, dive into verses six and seven, because that's where you really get this strong mission statement. I, Adonai called you righteously. I took hold of you by the hand. 
I shaped you. I made you a covenant for the people to be a light for the nations so that you can open blind eyes, free the prisoners from confinement, those living in darkness from the dungeon, right? From the beginning, you know, the beginning of Israel and Exodus 19, when they were brought out of, of Egypt and brought to Mount Sinai and God called them to be a, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation among all the nations of the earth, or even going back to, to Abraham himself, um, that through you, all families of the earth will be blessed that uh, you you'll have in Genesis 18, you're, you teach your children. You'll accomplish this person by teaching your children to do justice and righteousness. Right. Um, from the beginning, Israel's vocation, their calling from God was to represent God to the nations and lead the nations to God, to, to be that representative of God, embodying in their entire society, love of God, true worship, love of neighbor, real justice. Um, and yet we recognize that the story of Israel shows us rather than influencing the nations, they were influenced by the nations. Um, and so, and, and, and so that's where the servant enters in, where he is going to um, fulfill that mission that Israel was given that, that they did not, but, but notice he's not doing it. Well, Israel's chucked aside. They, they failed. Let's throw them out. No, he's coming as a representative of Israel to lead them in the fulfilling their mission. Well said. Well said. And I think what you said there at the end is probably the most important part. This is not, all right, God's failed. And so now he's going to move on to plan B. Or Israel's failed. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, well, I guess both even, because it's yeah, not sure. God's election of Israel has failed. But yeah, it's, yeah. No, the people have been given into captivity and depravity, but now God is going to redeem them through the servant. Yeah. And yeah. then we get to this great section of praise in 10 through 13. Take us through it. Yeah. And I love, this is, this is, um, I, I want to say subtle, um, but it's not so subtle at the same time. I, so I don't know the right word for it, but this thread that just runs through Isaiah where we, we get these just rich glimpses of other nations worshiping God, right? All the way back, at least, you know, I think about um, Isaiah 19 and Assyria, uh, my people, Egypt, my people, right? That that sort of language. But we see similar language here. Sing to Adonai a new song. Let his praise be sung from the ends of the earth by those sailing the sea and everything in it, by the coastlands and those living there. That's not Israel, right? They didn't go out on the sea and they didn't live, live there. Um, the desert and its cities raised their voices. The villages, the those living in Selah. Those from the mountaintops, let them all give glory to Adonai and proclaim his praise in the coastlands, right? This, this again, just beautiful picture of people from all sorts of, of parts of, of the world um, directing their praise towards God. And then this statement in verse 13 that he is going to move. He's on the move. It reminds me of you know, Aslan's on the move, that kind of, that kind of thing. He's going to go forth like a soldier triumphing over his foes. Yes. And in Isaiah, Isaiah 41, there is this Exodus imagery. And I do see echoes of this, that, mm -hmm. you know, much as Moses sang his song, now yeah. after this Exodus of all peoples, all nations, now a new song will be sung, redemption will be proclaimed, salvation will be proclaimed. Absolutely. Yeah, and then I've, we get to 14 I've, yeah. through 16, 
which even mm-hmm. just intensify this. Take us through that. Yeah. Um, again, God speaking in, yeah, intensely is it, it, describing the way he's going to act. I've held my peace. I've been silent. Well, silence no longer. He's He says he'll shriek like a woman in labor, panting and gasping for air, just moving through creation, devastating mountains and hills to do what? It says in verse 16, the blind I will lead on a road they do not know. On roads they do not know, I will lead them. I'll turn darkness to light before them and straighten their twisted paths. Right? All this activity of God shrieking and moving through the world in this, this, as this force is to, we've seen this sort of contrasting picture before. I think back to chapter 40, where you've got this king with this strong arm and yet the shepherd who gently holds the lambs in, the his, in his bosom. Yeah. yeah. The paradox. Same yeah. thing here. You've got this, this intense movement of God, this intense shrieking of God. And yet that's to just gently, it seems lead the blind. Yeah. To, and to, I think yeah. this is where we're starting to see God at work through the servant mm-hmm. where only God can do these things, but he's doing this through the agency of the servant. That's right. And much yeah. as you see that paradoxical role of God as both ruler, but also this gentle, caring mother yeah. in here. Yeah. So God is now going to work through the servant in this way. Absolutely. And then we end the chapter with a bad note. Yeah. What yeah. In 17 through 25. Well, he, you know, so one of the things he just said in verse 16 is here are blind people that he's going to lead towards sight. And so what he's doing in 17 through 25 is describing blindness, right? Blindness of the nations, blindness, even as the, 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 first servant he sent, right? He says in verse 19, who is as blind as my servant or as deaf as the messenger I send? Who's as blind as the one I rewarded as blind as the servant of Adonai, right? And so again, Israel was to be this light to the nations to call out prisoners from their dungeon and open blind eyes. And yet they've been blind. Um, and, and we see that in this, this idolatry, um, and and I mean, there's there's so much here, but just overall, the picture is blindness, and and all of this is connected to to their idolatry. Um, but now, right, and, and again, we want to we want to feel the the power and the hope of verse one. Despite this blindness, God is bringing light and sight. Yeah, and you know here. The people of the coastlands, now their rivers are going to be dried up. Um, They are going to have a darkness to overtake them because their hearts are darkened by their idolatry because that's their sin. Mm -hmm. They are continuing to trust in their idols. And so this is where we are in the story. Let's just take Isaiah 43, 42 as a whole. Isaiah 40, God gives a message of comfort to Israel. Mm -hmm. Because he's can, because he's the mighty, yeah. gracious God. Yeah. Isaiah 41, the Gentiles are given an invitation, and yet they reject it. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 42, God introduces this servant figure. Mm-hmm. And then we get to Isaiah 43, and that's when we're really going to see the resolution. Yeah, absolutely. 
Thanks for listening to the Gospel According to Podcast. If you have any questions about what you heard today, please send us a voice message. We would really love to hear from you. Make sure you follow us on social media, subscribe, and click the bell to get notified when we drop a new episode. Until next time, and for all time, your God reigns. Oh,